Hi, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Vicki. We are two medical speech pathologists who share a love of dogs, sarcasm, and holiday pay. The medical field can be intense. Just ask any nurse. So to do our part to combat the exhaustion and add a sprinkle of humor, we created this podcast. Join us each week where we interview a different guest that works in some capacity of healthcare. They will share their personal stories, ups and downs, and moments that truly will leave you speechless. Okay, so we got to start somewhere. <laughs> and I will start by bitching and moaning about how much overtime I was having to work, being a department of one, when this eager clinical fellow somehow finagled her way into my boss's email account. Let me tell you, <laughs> it took hunting down calling hospitals i was not taking no for an answer and thank god she didn't or we wouldn't be here but i was so excited to finally have help and i think it only got better when i realized like she's legit (laughs) and i my job just got so much easier i was like this girl had the best like clinical rotations as a student She had already, as a graduate student, survived a global pandemic, which (laughs) literally no other class could possibly say. And I was like, yeah, like, you don't need, like, really any help. This is going to be amazing. Which I (laughs) felt like my clinical fellowship year could have gone two ways. I would get a really awful supervisor who was not fun to be around, or I would be where I am today with Lindsay and actually have a blast so worked out yeah work has never been more enjoyable (laughs) and then it was like hey uh we were texting one day and I can't even remember how it came up I think I texted you and I said oh I just want to start a podcast yes and I was like hey did you like read through my journal or something like who are you (laughs) I was like I have had that exact idea for like three years but I was just like it's gonna be too awkward to do it one-on-one style like there's there's no personality or band like you gotta have no one to talk to yes yeah like you can't have like fun if it's just like you trying to make it a thing (laughs) or I can't maybe sitting alone (laughs) in a room talking to yourself it just wasn't gonna pan out and so essentially the evolution of this is three years in the making it just took me to find this (laughs) random cf (laughs) or this random cf to find me and tonight is breaking ground making history this is the first time Vicky has ever been to my house (laughs) and the first inaugural hangout not being clocked in at our jobs I can tell you one thing (laughs) none of my classmates hang out with their CF supervisors in their free time (laughs) right (laughs) volitionally right like we're choosing to do this like let's do this I promise I'm not hanging it overhead like you have to do this podcast or I'm not signing your paperwork (laughs) like this is legit out of friendship and so here we are and the entire evolution from there in terms of the idea was just like so natural I just feel like we're like every day looking at each other masks on <laughs> direct eye contact because it's the only part of each other's face we can see and it's like are you like just like are, are you, you uncomfortable what I'm seeing <laughs> are you hearing what I'm hearing and I mean there's just like at least a handful of times every day I'm just like I bet they didn't prepare you 
for this in grad school. Like literally today, I was like, this is the, sh- the shit they don't teach you that you could potentially be doing. They don't teach you anything. <laughs> <laughs> and like, here we are, right? Especially as speech pathologists. Like you're not supposed to be like toileting people. You're not supposed to be like helping elderly gentlemen's penises find the urinal. And yet like <laughs> here we are, right? And you're just like, well, you work in a hospital Every single unit is understaffed and, you know, you're, you're just it. You're the person that's in that room. Like you're just going to do it. And, uh, thank God that that was just like an unspoken truth where you were just like, okay, this is what we do and we're just going to do it. And I knew that there would be things to the job that I wasn't prepared for, but the types of things that I've seen since, I did practicums as a student. I was like, man, they just leave all that out in the <laughs> curriculum. They're just like, look, first you'll go in, you'll have this like knee office where you can sit down, come in, do a real thorough chart review. <laughs> and then you'll plan out all of your stuff and you'll just like. And, and it'll like, go as planned. Yes. And they'll track your data mm-hmm. and then you'll do really thorough documentation and then it will just be like so great. And you're just going to change lives. Yeah. I'll and tell you how many days <laughs> I've had that were like that. One. Zero. <laughs> One maybe. And then you're like, hey, plot twist. Um, there's a patient in your office and his penis is bleeding <laughs> profusely. And it's like an emergent situation where the patient ends up getting surgery like two days later. Like, I'll tell you that. My only savior in that moment was you. And all I all I could do was just make eye contact with you and make eye contact with this <laughs> bleeding penis <laughs> and make a determination of what are we going to do in this moment. And you just stay so calm, cool, and collected. Yep. And uh, just scoot that patient right on back to his room casually just like grab the nurse not to alarm anyone right like we were gonna hospital right there's a time to alarm people and then there's like the other 99 percent of the time right like <laughs> look if you call a code and you start panicking or running through a hospital like it better be urgent and you know what you learn over time and experience like the things you think would be urgent like they just really aren't like, like what is truly life threatening yes. is has to be a 911 life threatening emergency because 99% of the time it's just like oh okay a hundred percent yes exactly it's just like all right like is everyone still alive we don't really care like by what degree it's just like are they still actively <laughs> a human great okay let's if calm I down if i say hey how are you and yes. if they can say here yeah (laughs) we're good are their eyes open is there some sort of like vital sign that you can obtain we're good it gets Um, dark it's just yeah I mean you can't like nothing phases anyone after some time working in a hospital and so we calmly collect ourselves and scoot the patient back to their room and uh I'll tell you what the dysarthria (laughs) treatment that we had planned out yep just really <laughs> did not matter at that point. So gloves deep, <laughs> just all washed the gloves, <laughs> all the gloves, all the gowns. <laughs> just there was, j- it was just a real mess. Yeah. Um, I actually was 
young and I was like, I want to be a doctor. And then I thought, no, too many bodily fluids, too much blood. I won't be a doctor. But and now here I she am. like <laughs> deals with like suctioning trachs, mm-hmm. the craziest of oral cares. Oh, yeah. Way Ugh. more bodily fluid than you signed up for. A hundred percent. And I think that's a lot of speech pathologists, right? Like they're like, I knew I always like want to be something in healthcare, but like I didn't want to go to like <laughs> three million years of school. And also like I just like think like, you know, like wiping butts, like it's like I like I just can't do it. And like God bless these nurses that can handle it, but like I just like can't. Or like, oh my gosh, God forbid someone throws up or needles. And then you like get into the trenches if you work anywhere in healthcare. Yep. Like so basically any setting that isn't a school, you're just like, oh shoot. I do this every day. I guess I I (laughs) couldn't matter who I am. You're like, maybe I should have gone to be a PA or like an NP or like a doctor because you're like, might as well have. Yeah. And let's be honest, like doctors, they're not wiping butts, dealing with people's throw up or really doing much with needles. They're decision makers. And then they're delegating to their nurses and the rest of the staff. So I had it like, all wrong. Man, yeah. Like how naive were we? Pretty naive. So, <laughs> Here we are, and that's basically the evolution of how we met. You know, a couple little stories about our friendship and and experience as coworkers thus far. I mean, it's been what? You started in July? Yeah. Here we are in October. This has really blossomed quickly. (laughs) We've really sprouted. Yes. (laughs) But we came up with, you know, this concept and you know, immediately just between like our friends, our family, you know, going through undergrad, going through graduate school, like there's so many people that we both know that work in healthcare. And so you think, gosh, like there's just like so many people that we could like tap into to hear stories and experiences. And it's a pretty incredible community. Um, And I would say most of them have really dark twisty sarcastic senses of humor <laughs> and i think it, them sane. it helps when you're working in the field and you think man did this really happen to me but then you hear the stories from other people and you're like oh great i'm not alone <laughs> everyone like keeps each other in check you're like oh actually like, the thing i thought was like a 10 out of 10 crazy is like a three out of 10 yeah. if you go talk it to like could have been worse someone in the emergency room that day mm-hmm. you're like oh shoot okay yeah mine was like yeah my day wasn't easy. that bad yeah walk in the park <laughs> Um, I guess I'll give a little bit of background into how I found myself into healthcare. I, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, I was one of those people that was like a little bit naive. Right. And I was like, I knew I wanted to be something in healthcare. My mom's a nurse practitioner. You're going to hear m- more from her a little bit later in this exact inaugural episode. <laughs> Nance going to come on, Nancy share her little, Ryan. her little stories. Um, but yeah, you grow up with, uh, parent or a family member or someone significant in your life that works in healthcare and like I promise you to all the people that had that upbringing like your childhood was so different than the average Joe's I mean I can tell stories about I went to a Catholic grade school and my mom gave like the sex talk slash the what to expect when you get your period and she like, I literally, like, think I, like, melted into the floor and just, like, wanted to be invisible. I could not imagine that. I was, like, in fifth grade, right? Like, your confidence is already, like, pretty low. Like, yeah. it's... it's 100%. It's, like, average at best, right? So, she's, like, taking out, like, 
underwear to show girls like oh, this God. is like a a pad and this is like how you put it on your underpants and like this is like why and like going through the whole thing and I just remember this girl god bless no idea where she is now but like she raises her tiny fifth grade hand and she's just like Mrs. Ryan are those Lindsay's underwear oh no I was you like, poor thing um, goodbye social life <laughs> you're goodbye. like crawling under your desk goodbye fifth grade street cred <laughs> <laughs> like, like I literally was this more nobody trying to be your friend <laughs> I was like all right like it's Catholic grade school in a small rural like Midwest town like there's already only like 20 kids in the class right and it's like the same kids from kindergarten like all the way up to like you know middle school when you have to go to a real school and you're just like <gasps> This is going to be it. Mm -hmm. I'm done. No one's going to have play dates at my house. Like, I have the weird mom who brought underpants to school. And everyone like, thinks they're yours. <laughs> yes. I was like, guys, come on. So, like, that all the way up to high school when she would, like, I would just, like, have, like, a friend over or something. We'd, like, hang out, doing homework, whatever, like, little study group. And my mom would come in with, like, her freaking laptop. And she'd be like, Guys, like, I have to give this, like, talk at the high school. And, like, I was just, like, wondering, like, if I could just, like, kind of, like, practice, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she would, like, phrase it. Like, she was just, like, being cute and, like, really, like, enlisting our help. And then it ended up being, like, an impromptu, like, STD talk. And she'd pick, like, the gnarliest Google images of, like, gonorrhea. And I was just, like, Mom, literally, like, this is why I can't have friends. Like, you're this ruining my life. why nobody likes me. And I yes. live in a town of 500 people. I was, And then she's just, like, I don't understand why you moved away for college. And then you just kept moving further away. And I'm, like, you ruined me. Like, just burned it down Mind from you, day one. guys, Lindsay's from a small town in the Midwest. Oh, I'm God. from a... A big I'm from Chicago so I'm from a big city <laughs> so this wouldn't have happened to me because I could such, have found another group but you right? were out of luck such different upbringings like oh, yeah. same but different Midwest but like so different very different so that kills me um y'all think of like uh, another one that stands out to me big time is I was like super little like this is like the kind of like little where you're like I don't know how old I was but I like, am surprised I even remember this mm -hmm. and we were visiting my grandparents in South Dakota and they lived like in Custer which if any of you guys know like is just like beautiful black hills but it's like small and it's like windy ass roads through the black hills and of course my mom's like a nurse right so you first responders out there, whatever you are medically, like you see an accident, like no one else is there. Like you pull over and you do what you can to help get there. You find help. And like, this had to have been like the early nineties. And I can't, my dad's going to kill me. I can't remember if my dad was in the car, if it was just my mom, my brother and I, but I remember I was in the furthest, like back part of the car, like snuggled in with my favorite childhood blanket. And we were just like <laughs> leaving my grandparents' house, like probably trying to make the trek back like 14 hours to home after like a visit. And we come across like across this like car accident. And of course, like there's no responders, nothing there yet. No This cell is like phones. a movie. Yes. <laughs> And I'm just like, oh, okay. Like my little like baby brain doesn't register it. And I'm like, okay, whatever. We're like pulling over. It probably interrupted my like me listening to like my CD player. And I was just like, <laughs> you know, like probably like a now three CD where I was just like, come on, why are we stopping? Like what's going on? And I remember this car accident, the glass is shattered. I remember there's glass everywhere. And 
my little baby brain, I can't remember the exact details. I would have to ask my mom, but like it was pretty bad. And to stop this lady's bleeding, she needed something to like tie around this lady. And guess who had like. Not the baby. Yes, girl. And it was, it was like my security blanket. And I just remember my mom whipping open the back seat and being like, Lindsay, I'm so sorry, but like, you got to be brave. Me, right? I didn't get in the car accident. You're like, just like a little baby, <laughs> this right? This is not my journey. <laughs> I was like, what? And like, I kid you not that Mickey Mouse blanket, like probably in some way, shape or form aided to saving this person's life that I'll never know. But like, to me, I was just like, I, I lived the trauma that day. My blanket was sacrificed. <laughs> but it's like, this is the kind of shit that happens when you have like a nurse mom or a nurse dad or a doctor, like any PA, oh, like yeah. whatever it is, like. You have someone that works in the healthcare field and like you can't go anywhere. They can't shut it off, right? Like you're on a plane, you're on a train, you're on like it does not matter. They are always working. They are servants. And you actually probably thought I'll never be this way. I will never be that person who can't turn it off. Never. And now I can't go to a restaurant without diagnosing someone with dysphagia. I'm like, a hundred percent. Excuse me, ma'am. You're like, you've coughed plenty of times your, with your meal. Yeah, <laughs> Your voice is super gurgly and it's actually really upsetting. Can you please clear your throat? It's driving me insane. Yeah. I mean, you just can't. Right. And I think that's like the beauty of it. And that's like how, you know, you like found your like little slice of like your career that you're supposed to be in is because you're like so passionate and so like, you can't turn tune? it off and you love yes. it. Yeah. But at the same time, you're like, God, I sometimes I just wish I could. <laughs> like, I just wish I could mute it and just like tune out and like care less. But I think then it's like you shouldn't be doing it. Right. Like it's like passion, full steam ahead. Like you just have to like 100%. be 100, 100 percent in, you know, like, yeah, you just have to. So. I don't know well, how like why why the heck did I, I look at you I haven't known you a long time but it's right. like I know you don't have the family background that I do that, no my like, mom's a real estate agent I was <laughs> <laughs> just like how did you get plunked into my life and into healthcare? oh man I don't even really know what set me that f- direction but I originally decided I wanted to be a speech therapist super young I was in seventh grade no one, no adult, yeah. I would say like 10% of the adult population. No, 10 is generous. Less. 3% of yeah. the adult population <laughs> knows what we do. And most of those people are like, oh, you teach kids how to say their S's and R's. And I was like, God bless you if you work in a school district and that's what you do. But like, no. Not what I do. No. So like, I was, not even a little bit. <laughs> I was nine and a half when my brother was born. So I was kind of at that age where I was like already comprehending a lot of things. And he turned, I want to say two and had this ear infection. And then all of a sudden he stopped talking, completely stopped talking, like could not form sentences. And my mom, my mom's really well educated. She's like really up to date with healthcare and decided she was going to take him straight to the pediatrician and figure out if we can get speech therapy. God bless moms. I know she's the best. (laughs) (laughs) And she went... And we got a home health speech therapist at that point in my life. I was right around 13. I think my brother was like two, two and a half now. And I was at home with him all the time. Like my mom was working. She's a real estate agent. My brother's dad, who's my stepdad, he 
has a construction company like that man Just stays like busy working 24 7 right like yeah 13 so they're yeah, like you're, you're pretty enough. much old enough to like stay home with him and the speech therapist is coming to the house so all you have to do is just be there I was like, all right, cool. Easy enough, right? Can you unlock the door and open it for her? Right. Great. You're hired. <laughs> she was young. She was so great. And she came and did home health treatments. And she told me all about speech therapy. She would walk me through what she was doing and why she was doing it. And I, I love that. I really, I think she's like the reason I'm in this career field. Chicago area home health speech paths. Where are you at? Her name is Kate. <laughs> God Kate, bless. Kate. You're the best find us we don't know her last we, name <laughs> kate in chicago you're probably re- retired now but like please reach out be a guest of the pod yeah so i started looking into speech therapy i was like cool what is this stuff do you just work with kids what do you do and i figured out that there was a medical side to it i was lucky enough that my aunt and my mom's best friend who we consider my aunt basically is also a nurse. So they were both nurses in the Chicagoland area. And my mom's best friend worked at a hospital nearby. And she was like, oh, I can get you to go observe the speech therapist in my unit. And at this point you were how old? I was 13 years old. We are still 13. Yes. We are still itty bitty thinking about like lip smackers and roller skating. And you're like, no, thanks. I want to volitionally go to a hospital. Yeah. And like, hang out yeah and I so she, I shadowed her around a hospital oh, and she did half of her day in the NICU and then the other half of her day like NICU education so I spent the morning with her in NICU of course you're a 13 year old girl and you're like oh hang out with cute babies all day right sign Loved me up it. and then it's she like was like house yes and they were so <laughs> cute and it just didn't seem so tragic and it and was great at the time you're just like people make like you can make money doing this you're like, great. These babies are so cute. I get to just like hold them and feed them. And my mom makes me make babysit my brother for free. Like, <laughs> right. And he's like, not this cute. He's not a baby. No. And they're, the babies are so little Aww. there and cute. And then she made me spend the rest of the day with her coworker who was an acute care SLP. And she was like, yo, do you want to go check out the emergency room in the ICU? So I was like, sure. Not my style. Went down there with her, did, I think, one bedside swallow. And I was like, this is it. This is my career. (laughs) Game over. 13. And she's like, can I start college now or? Yeah. I I was from there on out. It's like the only thing my brain ever went to. She's like the kid in high school who's like physics. I I actually know I'll never need this because I already have my entire future mapped out. Yeah. I never (laughs) thought I was insane. They're like, okay, yeah, this is what you think you want to do when you're 14. Good luck. And I wish that I could meet all these people and be like, guess what? And you're like, I did it. I did you it. You like go back to Chicago and you're like, hey, remember me? You're like, yeah, actually, I like, am. same Z's. Like, yeah. from 13, same. I'm actually in that career right now. Goodbye. Yep. <laughs> so then I, I love would not so take much. no for an answer. And the one thing they tell you, and I guarantee you they told you the same thing, is you'll never get a medical job as a clinical fellow. Yes. There's, there's a 0% chance. Go work in the schools. No go work with the kids. No one wants to hire you. You don't No one wants experience. to hire you. And it's a terrible, vicious cycle. And I'll tell any grad student that mm-hmm. who sits here and listens and is like, I just know I don't want to work with kids or I know I don't want to work in a school district. I know I, I know the job and setting I'm passionate about. Like, 
be a Vicky. You oh. s- you hunt down those emails. You, you have are to, persistent. You have find to fight it. for it. Because I'll tell you on the other side, there's Lindsay's out there that are like, I would love, I would love and a I eager, was excited CF. And it has been the easiest, best match ever. I agree. I think we, we also fit really well as people and clinicians. <laughs> humans, yes. <laughs> humans and clinical decision makers. Which is I helpful. think the thing I love most about you, besides your <laughs> dazzling personality, <laughs> is the fact that you understand evidence-based practice. And, uh, wow. Like, that's, there's just... That's a soapbox <laughs> of its own. <laughs> there's just so many that don't. It makes me die a slow death at 31. I'm just like, mm. Yeah. But yeah, fight I mean, for the job and I promise you'll get it and it will be so worth it. A hundred percent. And then come on our podcast and tell us all about it. Yeah. And tell us all about the crazy stuff you see. We've had a blast hearing this week's guest, but we know there are more wild stories to be heard. Share your crazy moments with us at info at Show us some love, rate, review, and subscribe. We'll be back next week with another guest who will be sure to leave you speechless. speechless.